0: This is your wake-up call. Let the game begin.
1: I'll get you. I'm not a stalker, stalker, I'm not a stalker, I'm not a stalker, maybe I'm a stalker. Oh, hi Jeff. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so welcome to Stalktember. Stalk-tember uh the month of stalking here on movies to be murdered by maybe we should change it to movies to be stalked by Hmm. um i don't know maybe not maybe we'll just leave the logo alone (laughs) we got enough on our plates um yes this month we are celebrating um i don't know about celebrating we're celebrating horror movies as always we are going to delve deep because there's no other way to delve um i've never delved lightly have you jeff
0: No, not not usually.
1: Not usually. I delve pretty deep um into the world of stalking stalkers and people who have been stalked. In our case, since we do a movie podcast, a horror movies podcast, it'll be all um stalking on the silver screen. And to start us off this week, first week, we are getting into fatal attraction. We are going right for the gold to kick us off into this very frustrating, fascinating, psychologically uh, world where somebody becomes the object of someone else's obsession. So Jeff, if you want to take it away and uh, fill us in on Fatal Attraction.
0: Yes, and I, I have to say that I did not see the budget for this film, but I saw that the box office, it was like $20.4 million, which is kind of crazy, but I guess, you know, given the times, it was 1987 and movies were cheap, so um, we'll go with that. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, so, Fatal Attraction is, um Wow. We'll, we'll get into thoughts about it later, but um, Dan Gallagher is a, a married attorney, a married lawyer. We have that in common, the, the lawyer See? part.
1: The lawyer, another lawyer. Yeah. Just I yeah. wonder if he represents, he wouldn't represent horror films like you no. do, though, because he's, no.
0: No. I think he
1: represents books, all, all joking aside, right?
0: Yeah, he does. He, he represents books, but not horror movies, and, no. you know, I mean... He's kind of a tool in some ways, but we'll get into
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I already don't like him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, so, <laughs> so Dan is uh, married. He's an attorney. Um, and his wife is Beth. He has a daughter named Ellen. And uh, his work, like Jesse said, he represents a uh, – he, he represents books, basically publishing companies, that kind of thing. So that led him to meet, uh, Alex Forrest. They met briefly at a, uh, at a dinner party type of deal. And then, uh, the next day I think he ends up meeting Alex for the first time formally. And, um, his wife and daughter go out of town, out of town for the weekend. And, uh, Yeah. Dan and Alex get it on. They, they have, he has an affair and, uh, you know, they, at first it was just kind of this fling. I think they both thought and, you know, they were having fun and, um, you know, they, yeah, they, they go crazy. I I will admit, I watched this movie a long time ago. And upon watching it this time, I did not realize how much fun they actually had. But they had a lot of fun. They
1: enjoyed the pleasure of each other's company many (laughs) times in this movie. Many
0: times over. Many times over and in multiple locations. So good for them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he he ends up leaving uh, in the middle of the night. And um, he he get he tries to anyway. And, um, and he comes, well, he leaves that night. He comes back the next day and then Alex is like all over him trying to get him to, to come back over. And he, um, tries to leave again. But this time when he tries to leave, she cuts her wrist. Um, and he is in a panic. He's trying to help her out. He bandages her wrist. They, uh, he like puts her arms underneath the, the faucet to uh, try to help wash off some of the blood. He feels bad so he stays over for the night and um you know, after that night he ends up leaving the next morning and uh when he left, you know, I I guess he thought in his mind, Hey, you know, it was fun while it lasted, but you know, now I gotta go back home and you know, be with my wife and my kid. And um Alex had different ideas with that. She uh, showed up at his office uh, to apologize one day for how she acted and um, invited him to uh, Madam Butterfly, uh, a performance of that, because they were listening to music and he gave a story about uh, that was the only time that his father um, acted like he was proud of him or loved. Him. I sorry. know. I know. Sorry. But not sorry. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, after you know he he says no. He's like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. So he says no. And um then she just starts calling him every day uh multiple times a day and um he eventually tells his secretary, "Hey, look. If she calls, tell her I'm not here. Tell her I, you know, went to the moon or something." Um then all of a sudden, his phone start ringing. His phone starts ringing at home, and all—I mean, just all hours of the night. Um, at one point, it, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. He was in bed, and she called him. And he's laying there in bed next to his wife, and he's talking to Alex. So that was very uh, uncomfortable for Dan, but he put himself in that position anyway. Um, so Alex tells Dan that she is pregnant and it, this is where for me I really saw him as a creep he um she's telling him about this she, you know you can kind of tell that she's excited about it but nervous at the same time and he's like uh you know it's okay you don't have to go through this alone and I'm I'm thinking okay well you know he's a stand up guy and then he says uh I'll take care of the abortion and it's like wait what um and she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to keep this baby is, you know, whether you have something to do with us or not. And, um, you know, he's, he's like, well, you know, I (laughs) guess I don't have a choice, but he doesn't want anything to do with her. So, um, that whole situation is strained. And then, uh, you know, after all the phone calls and everything, he ends up changing his number, changing the home number. And, um, You know, in the middle of all of this, Dan and his wife are trying to find a new place to live, and they found this home in Bedford, and they go out to visit it, and they end up getting the home, and so they're trying to sell their apartment, and lo and behold, um, Alex is there with Beth looking at the apartment when Dan gets home from work one evening, and he... Is stunned and uh, he's just you know trying to play it off like he doesn't know her and all of that. But later on that night, he ends up going to her apartment and um, they ba- you know kind of get he gets physical with her and threatens her. And she says, Look, I'm not gonna be ignored, I'm, I'm just not going to be ignored. So uh, you know, Dan is like, Look, we gotta move now. So they move out to Bedford. Um, but you know, Alex, she's persistent, she doesn't stop. Um he ends up uh, <laughs> he ends up going to his car in the car garage and oh, man.
1: the scene. Wow,
0: that scene. Yeah. Um he, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was acid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um mm-hmm. she pours some acid onto his car, he can't drive it. He's also, he also has a rabbit with him for Ellen because she really wanted a rabbit. So uh, he has to go through and uh, get a rental and and all of that. Um, And while he's driving home, Alex is following him and he Mm -hmm. gets out of the car and uh, goes into the house (laughs) and you see Alex, you know, out there near the driveway and then she gets out and gets into the bushes there to see what's going on. And she looks in on this seemingly happy family, um, husband and wife and their child. And it makes her physically ill. And, um, and you know, then she, then she, you know, leaves. And at this point, yeah,
1: sorry, sorry to interject. That scene (laughs) breaks my heart. So like in 200 places,
0: yeah it's it's rough it really is rough um and at this point and let me back up she also alex also made dan a tape that he played in the rental car when he was driving home and um she was just letting him know that look (laughs) this isn't you shouldn't have done this thing thinking that it was just going to be a one-time deal and that's it you know it's You have to take responsibility and, um, you know, she, she used some language that was a little colorful and, you know, if you want to listen to that, you can, you can watch that part. Um, and I forgot to say spoiler alert at the beginning, but spoiler alert. Um, so (laughs) he's had enough at this point. He goes to the police and he's like, look, I have a client air quotes, I have a client um who needs a restraining order filed against this woman and the uh police lieutenant is like look i mean we we can't arrest her or anything because nothing's happened yet um it, you have to basically catch her in the act and um and maybe just maybe your client needs to come clean about what he's done and handle that because if we go this route of filing a police report, it's going to come out anyway. So your client, air quotes, um, may need to have a discussion with his spouse about this. So, um, the, they, they end up going out, um, everyone's out and they, when they come back, uh, Ellen goes down uh, in the yard to see her pet rabbit that they have in a cage, but it's not there. And when Beth gets back in the house, she sees a big pot that's on the stove and it's boiling. And she's like, well, thinking probably I, I didn't leave a pot on the stove. I didn't leave the stove on. And, you know, basically the way that the scene was done, which I thought was very effective, mm-hmm. is they cut back and forth to Ellen going to the cage and Beth getting closer to the stove. And they essentially realize at the same time, Ellen realizes that the rabbit is gone and Beth realizes that the rabbit is in this pot. And, um, I mean, it's just at that point, (laughs) it's time to come clean. So Dan, After that, uh, Beth asks him if he's called the police. He says, no, she says, well, why not? And he says, well, um, we need to talk. And I know who did this. And she said, who? And, you know, he starts to reveal everything that happened with Alex and, uh, Beth obviously, you know, freaks out rightfully. So she tells him she wants him to leave. And, um, Dan ends up calling Alex to tell Alex, look, I've I've come clean to Beth. This is all done. Um, don't don't bother me again. Beth gets on the phone and says, "If you come near my family again, I will kill you." Um, so the next day, um, Beth goes to pick Ellen up from school, and Ellen is not at school. They say that someone has already picked her up, and that someone was Alex. And Beth is freaking out, driving all over the place, trying to find Ellen. Uh, She ends up getting into a car accident that uh, puts her in the hospital um, for injuries. And Alex takes Ellen home and, you know, she asked for a kiss on the cheek, which was another kind of heartbreaking scene. uh, Super creepy. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy and heartbreaking. Um, Mm -hmm. So then after, so, Dan goes to the hospital and he, you know, checks in to make sure that Beth is going to be okay. And after that, he goes to Alex's apartment and he barges in and they get into a physical altercation where he's choking her and almost choking her to death and then he he lets go and she then gets a knife and um you know, he's able to get that away from her, puts it on the counter and and leaves. Um, so then they call, he calls the police. They begin to look for her, but they can't find Alex. Uh, so then we, we go back to the uh, Gallagher's house in Bedford and we see Beth getting ready for a bath and, um, you know, he, Dan is like, hey. Beth you know if you need anything just let me know and um what he ends up doing is ends up going down to make her some tea and then we see Alex there and she's you know basically telling Beth how stupid she is and um you know that you don't understand what happened and um so they end up getting into it and um you know all the while alex has this knife in her hand and she's cutting her leg and is scaring beth more and more and uh oh, we no. we finally yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> and we finally get to the point where um you know the tea is the the Teapot is boiling at this point, and as soon as Dan takes it off the eye, he hears Beth scream. So he runs up and confronts Beth I mean, confronts Alex, (laughs) and they get into it again, start to fight. And he, um, you know, throws her in the tub, and he's holding her underwater, trying to drown her. And pretty much seems like he's done it. He's, he's drowned her. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like it always happens, she pops back up out of the water and, uh, and after cutting Dan several times and all of that, uh, she pops out of the water and Beth shoots her, um, in the chest. And, uh, at the end we see Dan giving his statement to the police um he goes back inside where beth is waiting on him she gives him a hug and we end with seeing a family portrait of the gallagher's dan beth and ellen roll credits
1: roll credits indeed okay so i just wanted to um add uh add an addendum i don't know if that makes any sense (laughs) throw in an addendum Um, alternate ending, original ending, if you will. This movie had the 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 ending that we all know is not the ending that was originally shot and put into the film and released. Um, unfortunately, the original ending did horribly with test audiences everywhere. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the studio said, "No way, um, we need to reshoot." And come up with a different ending, one that will satisfy audiences, or else this movie's going to tank. Um, so I'll give you a little more trivia after I tell you what the actual ending is. Um, and I think you can see the uh, <clears throat> the original ending um, on any of the you know the the DVDs or Blu-rays of this movie. I don't I don't believe this movie's on 4K yet, or else I'd probably own it, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, this is one of, this movie is one of my babies. So, um in the original ending, well, I'm going to back it up to the last fight scene um between Alex and Dan in her apartment before, you know, so they're having that scene where he shows up, like, after Ellen was kidnapped, after Beth was in the car accident, and he shows up at her apartment, like you said, and he's, like, choking her out, and he's losing his mind and she grabs the knife and they're wrestling, which by the way, that's the, that's the still that I used, um, for the, uh, posts on Instagram. If you've been following us on Instagram at movies to be murdered by podcast, um, (laughs) uh, they're wrestling with the knife. He wrestles it away from her and kind of catches himself and like backs away from her. And he like, he he's holding he's holding that. What is that like a huge like carving knife, and he puts it down and you see and like, in the movie, um, you the shot, it's a full shot of him. And he's taking his time like he's just like looking at her but the camera doesn't lose lose him. And he slowly and very thoughtfully puts the knife down on her counter removes his hand and backs up and then walks out of her apartment. And we see her and she's smiling, which is really twisted, which um, I don't need to explain that. She's smiling after they've had a near fatal you know, um, fight. She looks happy and she looks satisfied. So in the original ending, what happens is that, so he goes home And the police are waiting for him. The uh, lieutenant that he had spoken to earlier about her um, basically tells him that she's been murdered and he's their main suspect and he needs to get in the car and go with them to the police station and he's being arrested. And he's like what are you talking about? I didn't kill her. Like I, he was like, well, were you in her apartment? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, your prints were all over the knife. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's, and the Lieutenant says to him like, well I don't think that like, uh, no one, no one slices their own throat. To like, you know, in order, cause, cause Dan's like, she probably killed herself. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I've never heard of anybody taking a knife, like a, like a freaking butchered carving knife and slitting their own throat and bleeding out. He was just like, your fingerprints were all over that knife and right now you're what we've got. So get in the car. And she's, so we find out she's set it up so that she's framed him for her murder Which is really twisted and like amazing. I mean, this is like, this is 1987. This is before Gone Girl and all of these, like, you know, way extreme, like sociopaths portrayed on film. I think that's like a, I thought that ending was genius because it fits right in with her personality. Like, she'll, like, he'll never be able to shake her now, you know? And, um, she it fits win with her previous suicide attempt, you know, with the cutting of her wrists and everything, and her desperate attempt to manipulate him. Um, but that you are given like some hope. The wife Beth is he's like the tape, he remembers the tape, and he's like, I think he shouts to her something like you know, like, you know, go get the tape, the tape's in my attic, and she's like, What the hell are you talking about? And she goes up to the attic where he has his den. And she finds, and she listens to the tape that Alex had made, which was like really, I mean, Jeff, you described it. It's just really like out there, you know, there's lots of colorful language, really disgusting language. She alternates from like, I feel you, I touch you. uh, You are a part of me. You're growing in me to like, I hate you. You're going to get yours. I'm going to see to." You know, it just, it's so she gets the tape and then she like runs down the stairs and, You get the impression that maybe he'll have a chance to, you know, clear his name and and not go to jail for this, but it's left like that. So, yeah, apparently when they when they showed the movie with that ending, um, people hated it, and then they changed it. Um, They rewrote, you know, the ending, and Glenn Close was the holdout. She refused for like weeks to to come back and redo the ending she felt like it really cheapened um the role of alex it really cheapened the character it was very much like i mean because you could see like the ending is very like bang bang you're dead you know and you know the the jump scare where she uh, lurches out of the tub and you think she's dead and she lurches out of the tub and then ann archer shoots her you know it's I could see that. Whereas Glenn Close took this role super seriously. She, um, spoke with psychiatrists. She went right all for it. She wanted to portray someone who, um, I believe, I believe what she did was portray someone with borderline personality disorder. Um, but she spoke with psychiatrists to get a sense of like what kind of person would behave like this what would their background look like what would their psychology look like you know their mental state what what would provoke them all these kinds of questions she really went into and so she felt like all of the dignity that she gave this character um got ripped like got ripped off by filming this very hollywood ending but eventually Um, I like everyone spoke to her too. I think like the director Adrian Lynn, Michael Douglas, you know, everyone was like, please just like we need to finish this movie and move on, and please just like you know, be on board with this. And she just wouldn't do it until finally she was just like, I can't, if I don't do this, like it's really gonna, it's literally gonna cost people like their jobs, etc., etc. So she just you know she had no choice really but to do it plus i'm sure she would have gotten into like onto people's like you know hit list you know what i mean like i'm sure that the studios would have been really pissed with her and all this so and then it ended up becoming this you know phenomenon i mean it's just even to this day it's it's an iconic movie of fear um you know uh feminism uh plays into this a lot and there was a feminist backlash to this movie rightfully so i don't know i i was extremely fascinated with this movie because of how complicated the villain quote-unquote um the stalker in this movie you know is alex is a really is a really complicated character You can see, like, you were talking about, like, you know, that Michael Douglas's character, Dan, is a tool. He is a tool. (laughs) He's a total tool. And he doesn't, like, It's he's not, like, sympathetic. I don't know if they, I still don't know if the filmmakers set out to make him at all sympathetic, but he's not. And, frankly, except for the little girl, neither is the wife. I feel like they live a very, and, and Jeff, I'm going to ask you if, how you feel about this but i i felt like the wife was her character was written like so that it was she was very annoying to me there was no substance she was just pretty um just sexy and like the deepest thing that she had going for her was that she was a mom and that's it like she had she had she just had no substance to her and i found that really frustrating because you wanna have sympathy at least for, you know, the partner who didn't ask for any of this to be thrown onto their plate, you know, but I really didn't. I was just like, you know, get your head out of your butt, lady. Like I don't know. I don't know. So I I don't know. What are what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, for me, I thought that I, I got really annoyed. With that character too. Because again. It was just like. She's just another pretty face. In ways. And I want it there. To be more there. Um Even. I mean even when he's telling her. About the affair. She's emotional. But she's not. It doesn't feel like she's. Broken by it. I mean, it's almost in ways, it's almost like she expected it. And, right. you know, for her to say, get out of the house. I mean, he obviously didn't get out right then. Um, And then for her to get on the phone with Alex, like who does that? <laughs> know. You know, I mean, at that point, the problem isn't Alex, it's your husband. So, like, I get that. She's doing stuff and getting closer to your family. Like, I get that part of it. But, I mean, show a little bit of something. Because it just felt like it was, like, did you have an affair? And had he not said, well, she said she's pregnant. I really don't know what her reaction would have been. Would would she still have said, get out of the house? Or... Well, I mean, what would she have done? I I don't know, but I kind of agree with you there. It was just that character was just bizarre because there were there was just no fight there. It was just kind of a going through the motions. Um, My spouse is an attorney, so I can kind of chill and do all of that and not fighting for herself, which is the exact opposite of Alex.
1: Completely even if you think about that last scene in the bathroom where alex is talking to her as soon as yeah. she sees alex she goes right into the corner of the room yep. and backs up like a little like a, like an animal like like a scared little animal and i'm thinking to yeah. myself alex has got this this fight beat because she's full of energy and vigor and she cares and i'm just talking about just like leaving like all of the you know circumstances aside just two animals squaring off like, and Beth is just like, like crouching in the corner. You know what I mean? Like you said, like yeah. no fight or anything. I mean, I don't want to beat up on one of the female characters, but it's true. It was yeah. really obnoxious. Um, so I on, on this, on this subject, um, here's something that I noticed right away. And I noticed that like Alex, you know, is like super vibrant. This is all in the beginning, right? We see Alex. She's gorgeous. Um, she's she's vibrant. She's vivacious. She's beautiful. Um, she when they're when her and Michael Douglas are, you know, trying to quote unquote escape the rain and they go in to have dinner together at this restaurant. She like lays it all out for him. You know, saying like, you know, I'm discreet. Can you be discreet? We're two yeah. adults. We're having dinner. You know, well, like, what do you think? You know, and he's just like too, way too happy to agree. You know what I mean? He's just like, oh sure, I'm down. Let's go. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So, like right there, we start losing some of our sympathy for for this for the victim. I mean, he is the victim of her stalking later on in the movie. Um, but you kind of start losing. You start losing respect for him, and you start losing like any sort of sympathy later. So they have their tryst. Um, they go out dancing. She's awesome. She's so much fun. Um, like you said, she she calls him later. He goes back out with her. They go to Central Park. Um, but we see our first. We see her first flash of like real anger. Um, Dan, like, jokingly, like, falls down when they're playing catch with the dog and pretends to be dead. And when she realizes that he's just, you know, like, pulling her leg, she gets really angry and confesses that her father had died of a heart attack in front of In front of her when she was just a child which is something super heavy to like bring up right when you're like just kind of literally at the park having fun with a dog and your boyfriend you know because like that's kind of that was their dynamic that weekend yeah and then she blows it off as a joke like she's getting him back for pulling her leg but he's left shaken you can see that um but you also see in that in that scene of her of them like playing and stuff like she just looks so happy and fulfilled with Dan and the dog. She's not like she doesn't have to be the cool girl, you know, who lives down in the meatpacking district and knows this cool like latin music club and does sexy things in an elevator <laughs> like she. <Yeah. laughs> she just she's just like, you know, running around with her boyfriend and happy and fulfilled and like playing with the dog, you know, and just finally has like a context of her own like this whole scenario like belongs to her you know um and then you know and they have the the dinner at her back at her place where she is this am i getting it mixed up where they have the spaghetti is that after the park or before the park um
0: i believe it was darn it after the (laughs) i think it's after the park yeah because then he talks to her
1: yeah because then he talks to her about madame butterfly and they're listening to it and you know um that's the other tie-in with the Original ending, Madam Butterfly plays a part. Apparently in Madam Butterfly, I've not seen it. um, And I haven't seen the movie on Butterfly either. But I know the story is that she commits suicide at the main character who is left by her lover, commits suicide. I don't know if she slits her own throat or how she, she stabs herself or what. But she commits suicide. And so it's all sort of like, these are all like, you know, uh I want to say like clues and also kind of like these unwritten notes, like left for Dan, like not only did, does Alex kill herself in the end of the original ending of the movie, the original ending, she does it in the way that Madam Butterfly does it. And I think in the original ending, I might be wrong, but that music is playing in the background while she's doing it and you can, they show it and it's, I have to turn my eyes, but anyway, um, So he's talking to her about the movie, and you get the sense, like, how scared he is still of, like, the doom in the story of Madame Butterfly, and that he does have, like, issues with women. I mean, it's so clear, you know, because, I mean, he marries a Barbie doll. His wife is a Barbie doll. Like, she's just pretty. She's sexy. That's it. I mean even when he makes that awful joke at the beginning about his coworker whose neck is in the neck brace and she's like how did he hurt his neck and he's like he did it when he was you know being intimate with his wife and she's like really like who believes that you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah. what are you you know what are you 12 you know what I mean like she's just <laughs> I don't know um so um I just wanted to mention I want to mention um During Stock we're going to be talking about different the different types of stalking. The first type that we'll be talking about, which is the kind that applies here to Alex, is um, a type called the rejected stalker, and it's usually this happens um, between people who um, know each other that that were that were in usually you know like a an intimate relationship. You know, husband and ex-husband and wife, ex-boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, Sometimes, you know, family members or close friends can also, you know, kind of, it can evolve into that. But usually it's like some type of romantic relationship. Um, The stalker... Want, like their motivation is to reconcile the relationship they want to they they feel that they are so in love with the victim they want to get back together with them they know that it'll work because they're meant to be together um or they have they you know usually in either case there's no tolerance for rejection right that usually just right. increases the chances of escalation but they also may be just trying to get revenge for um, a perceived rejection the person got broken up with and they can't handle it. and so then they turn you know into, they turn the situation into a stalking situation. Um, you know in either case, it's this behavior um, is maintained because they want to keep up some type of, you know connection. It's twisted. This is the twisted part. They feel like doing these things like the way that Alex and and you see her like, you know, you see her watching him as he approaches his car that has acid on it. you know, she follows him when he drives to his house in Bedford. She watches through the window like she's keeping up a connection with him. She wants to feel close to him that's that's part of the behavior of a rejected stalker. They want to keep up a connection. They want to feel close to the victim. Um, in other cases, because like not everything, as, as with any sort of, you know, deviant behavior, it's not a one size fits all, it's a one size fits most. And right. so in other cases, the stalker um, really feels better knowing that they're causing damage to this person who they feel rejected them. And so it helps them to like, feel better about themselves to like keep, you know, kind of keep at it and keep stalking and keep doing these harmful things to that to the person they feel better about it. So that's a brief profile on the rejected stalker, Alex. You can check off all the little tick boxes for Alex's behavior in this movie. I mean, she, We see the danger and the warning sign pretty clearly in their dinner together. Jeff, do you remember when they're having dinner at her apartment? Yes. Pop quiz. Yes, I do. Pop quiz. What were they eating? (laughs) Come on.
0: (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) You're going to have to tell me. I'm going to uh, be mad at my spaghetti.
1: Huh? They're, they're eating spaghetti.
0: Yeah. I I don't know why. Yes, they were eating spaghetti.
1: And, like, yes. I know, like, we don't have, like, smell-o-vision on our TV sets. But, like, I feel like it smelled really good and I wanted her spaghetti. You know, like.
0: Yeah, I feel you like know, it probably like, tasted pretty good too.
1: Right? Because, like, you yeah. know, like how like into Dan she was, so so you know she was making like the best spaghetti anyone ever made. <laughs>
0: of course, of course.
1: you, <laughs> Like, knock on her door, like, uh, "Hi, can I have some?" <laughs> <laughs> um, she says to him. So they're eating, and and they're you know. Um, talking about like you know he's married and you know it's too bad and she seems like she's being pretty you know square and and everything about it so you know thus far and then she throws in this line she says um it's really strange i feel like i know you already and i just want to know where i stand Mm -hmm. and this is like after knowing him for literally like two days and spending a night with him and that's a to me it's like that is a clear warning sign the the red light should have gone on um the rejection starts dan leaves and they fight and he makes it clear that he's going home and is not going to see her again you know, and mm-hmm. that's when the rejection sits in. Um, then the sadness and the rejection, the full rejection is apparent, you know, cinematically that awful, ugh, this scene like gives me like the worst like pit in my stomach. It's like the scene where she's just sitting, in her apartment like on the floor like flickering the lamp light oh on and
0: off. yeah
1: and that's intercut with the scene of dan his wife their friends having like the best fun like a really fun laughing beer drinking time at um a bowling alley and it just kind of, it keeps cutting back and forth to like how and how much pain she's in and how she's just in this, just, it's just terrifying. I mean, cause I mean, Jeff, you know, and, and, and we could, you know, like cut for a second, like this is a kind of situation that is terrifying to me. It's like, it's not terrifying. It's just, it's so scary to me because to me this is like seeing someone like did like devolving, Yeah. you know? And seeing like a real life situation where you feel like so alone and then you cut to like them, you know, having the funnest time. It's like the haves and the have nots, but for emotions and like psychology. And that's the kind of horror. This is to me, this is a horror movie. You yeah. Know? But I'd like to ask you just general, like, what's the kind of movie what's the kind of horror movie that scares you the most or that like gets you in your gut the most mm-hmm.
0: honestly it's movies like this because you know i can watch the stuff with someone like jason or michael myers i can watch that stuff all day long and it's like i i know that there's not a jason Voorhees out there um however this is something that could happen to anyone and any movie that has any sort of realism to it with this type of situation is terrifying to me because it could happen to anyone. It could happen in real life. So anything that's realistic, uh, whether you have you know, someone like Alex in this case, or, and I'm trying, I'm trying to come up with movies off the top of my head, but I mean, even something like Nightcrawler, like we covered last week, where you have people that have these motivations and ulterior motives and, you know, these, these things take, take over them and they're willing to do anything and stop at nothing to, To get what they want and you know and a lot of times that ends up with people being hurt and you know even worse killed so uh, Things like this really I mean this is real horror to me I mean, I know that you know this movie is technically classified I guess as a psychological thriller But I mean it's just it's scary. It's terrifying because it shows you one what happens when a person toys with another person's emotions mm-hmm. and, and what can happen as a result of that, regardless of how strong that person looks on the outside or how strong you think that person is mentally, you never know until that glass breaks. And once it breaks, who knows what's going to happen, but you know, it, it's not going to end well.
1: 100 percent 100 percent that actually brings me directly to um the the scene where dan confronts her and things escalate um i believe it's after the rabbit issue um, but not mm-hmm. like it was before um the whole kidnapping and everything um right. he confronts her um he's angry and she's like being romantic and seductive kind of Mm -hmm. like oh i i you know i knew you'd come back or whatever kind of thing and he says to her like i'll pity you because you're sick and she said why because i won't allow you to treat me like some slut you can just bang a couple of times and throw in the garbage i'm gonna be the mother of your child i want some respect and That goes right to, you know, like what you were talking about. Um, You just, you don't know what's going to happen when you toy with people, you know um, you don't. And, and she says it again and again in this movie, but I think it gets lost that we're getting all these clues to her mental state over and over again in this movie. I mean, Glenn Close plays it really well because she's not shouting it every time. And she's not like being a diva in her performance. She's, but she's saying it and you just have to like listen to what she's saying. She says, like, you know, um the whole thing about like, you know, you're you can't you can't just oh no, she says um you didn't give a thought to my feelings about any of this you were having plenty of fun because he was like oh we you know we both had fun and we both know the rules and he's she's like you had fun but you didn't care about anyone else's feelings but your own Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna let you ignore me and i'm not gonna like she says here i'm not gonna let you just like you know treat me like garbage and throw me away but at the same time, you know, and, and you like you said, you don't know what you're going to unleash. They're, they have that scene where she tell, she calls him, um, like you mentioned in the, in the synopsis, she calls him at like 2.30 in the morning and she's like, meet me in front of this building at like six in the morning today or whatever. And she's telling him about the pregnancy. But before she does, he says to her, like, why are you trying to hurt me? And she's like, I'm not trying to hurt you, Dan. I love you. And he says, you don't even know me. I mean, and that's—it's so like mixed up. I never um, thought of this movie in terms of uh, a stalker movie until I looked at it for Stock Timber, realizing this is very much a stalker movie. Like, I always just thought of it as a very dark psychological film and a portrayal of someone, you know, um, devolving into madness, and uh, and and this guy. You know who just messed with her and kind of hung her out to dry you know but what would you say if you could kind of insert yourself in this film somehow what would you say you would change about the movie if you could like you know kind of like let's go on a different track here. Like just in terms of like the cinema of the movie, like what mm. is there anything that you'd adjust in this film and not to, not to make it modern because you yeah. know, it, it is a period piece at this, at this point. And we should mention like all of the phone calls at like the incessant calling and everything that she, that Alex does, this is all before cell phones. So this is all on landlines where you don't see the phone number of who's calling you. Um, Etc.
0: Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So yeah. Um, the only thing that I would probably change, or that I would change, is I would have Alex direct her anger and frustration solely at Dan. I I understand why she did what she did to get under his skin, right? But I would like for that to be directly against Dan. So. The whole thing with the car, that was great. Send stuff to his job or, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I just feel like whenever whenever there's a child involved and, you know, this child obviously loves this rabbit and all that stuff, and then you get that scene, that's something that is traumatizing for the entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really... There's, there's no real reason for a child to be involved in that part of it. Um, So I would, that's the only thing I'd really change. I'd like to see everything directed at Dan because he's the jerk that did all of this. Um, So, you know, I'd like to see, to see that aspect of it. Um, And, you know, honestly, I'd like to see Beth stand up for herself. And have a little more personality about her. Um, The only time that we really saw her have some personality and some fight was when Ellen was kidnapped. And, you know, obviously that's going to bring that out in anyone. But what about all the other times? You know, all these other moments on screen where, you know, she could have had a role that was a little more... Um, that was a little more aggressive. I mean, I can understand her at the beginning and even up to the middle being kind of timid and shy, but once she was confronted by Alex in the bathroom, that was an opportunity for her to really stand up and show that, Hey, you've changed my family dynamic forever. You and my husband, um, I'm changed now and now we're going to fight about it and you know, here we go. I'm not going to back down from you. So that, that, those are the things I would have changed. What, what about you?
1: I think those are excellent points. Excellent, excellent things to have changed. Um, what I would have changed. Um, I noticed that there was literally only one person of color that was given real screen time. Yeah. And that was the law clerk that was pushing the cart in the law library where Dan works. Um, when he's having the chat with his friends where he's basically having a panic attack about Alex being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, why, why couldn't the friends be, you know, uh, Latin or black or Indian or Asian, you know, um, Chinese. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, tie who knows like the the couple friends that they were friends with you know um why couldn't his boss have been black i you know um rest in peace fred gwynn but (laughs) but you know give me give me give me a bunch of something you know what i mean like i get it they at that time they wouldn't have made the um main characters people of color because that didn't fly for mainstream movies. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just saying, I know that's what it was. All right. But at least give me, um, secondary characters that are all people of color. Um, right. so that's, so that's one. um, There's a few things I I'm gonna piggyback onto your thing about how it would have been I feel more consistent to see her doing like targeting Dan directly like I feel like the big like set pieces of this movie so to speak you know are like the roller coaster ride that she that um, Ellen and Alex go on um, the car accident the car crash that. Beth gets into when she's out looking for Ellen you know and um I feel like those are not and, and then the bunny scene um I, I feel like you know more of that with Dan like you said like the, the acid on the car was a great start yeah the car represents the corporeal you know body. Um, and she throws ass, she dumps acid all over it. Like, awesome. That's perfect. And then she's like, you know, she's there in the garage waiting to watch him in his reaction, you know, awesome. Keep going. But you know what I mean? Like she, he gets some raised eyebrows at at his job because she shows up and (laughs) she keeps calling, but it doesn't add up to anything, than the secretary's being a little curious, like, what's going on? Like, she she could have just, they could have had her keep going until, like, you know, his boss is like, what exactly the hell is going on? Who's Alex Forrest? And like, what is going on with you? You know? Um, yeah. Or anything. So that would have been more interesting. Um, the only time you see the wife express any sort of anything is when she's in the hospital and Dan like runs to the hospital and goes into the room and she just kind of smiles and nods and gives him her hand, which mm-hmm. I interpreted as like she finally understands that Dan's being targeted and Dan's like this is more than just he had an affair and you know that he's just, because she feels targeted now she understands maybe I don't I'm I'm guessing all this because it's literally just a half a smile as you know and like a, a little limp rested handshake like that she gives him <laughs> but like she seems to understand a little bit that yeah okay like this woman is the one that's doing this and not him and I think that's what allows her to forgive him but it's I don't know that's I mean that's I just agree with you they could they could have if if they gave her like look, she's she's like the head of a crafting group. Um, she used to be an attorney, but she gave it up to like you know be at home with the baby. And now she runs you know like I don't know like a little school for kids, and or she's like a part time chef, and she's got this business. And you see her and Ellen doing more stuff together. And it's like then it's like you're building up. I and mean, can you imagine if this movie like if he actually had a family? <laughs> <laughs> like, like a wife that's like, you know, doing stuff and his kid is like doing stuff with her. And like, they're all instead of just like, we're in Bedford with mommy and daddy, you know, like, you know, they're helping me look for a house. Like, it's so annoying. And like, P.S. I can say that because I literally used to work in Bedford. Like all of this area that they're in is like Jesse territory. <laughs> like, it's It was all filmed in Westchester. That's where I live and have grown up. And um actually the. The roller coaster ride that they go on and the amusement park is called um, Playland. And that's in Rye, um, in Westchester. And I grew up going there. Um, so, all and then they filmed parts of the scene where Beth is looking for Ellen um, in Ossining, which is um, the town that I spent the first eight years of my life in. So um and currently that's where I get my Jamaican food by the way. I remember the other the other week where now, I was like, I want to Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, when I'm you
0: jealous, really well, jealous.
1: When you come to New York, I'm going to take you there, you know. They got really good oxtail.
0: Oh, um Don't say that.
1: But they oxtail. do. <laughs> <laughs> they don't it's have been any so long.
0: It's been so long since I've had oxtails. Oh my well,
1: gosh. They don't have oxtail near you? <laughs>
0: Listen, really. we're we're lucky that we have a Walmart
1: and a Waffle House.
0: <laughs> no, we don't even have a Waffle House in my town. Uh, yeah. um, we we have a Walmart, we have a Taco Bell, we have Sonic, um, I love Sonic, and a few a few other places, mostly mom and pop places, which are great. Don't get me wrong, uh-huh. they're great, but uh, yeah, we don't have Jamaican food, which is which is crazy but I will say this and this is off way off topic um, right. there's a new restaurant in town that um, they do and, and this is going to sound crazy but it is delicious they do collard green egg rolls
1: what that doesn't sound crazy
0: it, they are phenomenal I mean oh, okay. phenomenal
1: I'm going to tell my husband about that. (laughs) I will. I will. I love that. What else do they have? Anything else good?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they have a lot of different kinds of egg rolls. They have a Philly cheesesteak egg roll, (laughs) which I had tonight.
1: What? Um, And how was it? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Um, they have, (laughs) they have really good wings, which I'm all about. Um, Yeah, they've got all kinds of different foods, but it's really good. Yeah, it's called it's called Woo's and Keem's. So shout out to them because uh, they have some great food. And not only do they have all of that, then they they also have the good southern soul food. So um, on Saturdays, they have deep fried ribs. You're killing me. I'm
1: sorry. I'm you sorry. are you're killing me <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna feel bad about one oxtail and then you're telling me like 600 things that this place has um, never I'm mind sorry. Soul food. like oh, i can't get any like there's no soul food around here unless i unless i go up to harlem you okay. know which is like the part which is fine but it's like the parking oh my god yeah. I don't know the city for the parking it's fine but and then like you don't know unless you Cause like I could go to like Sylvia's or something but like you know I don't know if there's like a better place that's the kind of thing you have to be like in the know about you know yeah. just like any restaurant you know so I don't uh, with well you know funny.
0: what you know what I'm gonna have to do when I get up there I'm going to make a good soul food dinner
1: yeah for, for
0: you and the family
1: thank you
0: I'm gonna do some nice fried chicken some collard greens some macaroni and cheese. Thank you. And and some good cornbread.
1: You will be my son's hero if you do a (laughs) mac and cheese because he loves mac and cheese.
0: Okay. Currently,
1: his father is the king, but he will love anybody who does mac and cheese. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Well, I'm taking you up on that. I'm not going to (laughs) forget. I'm going to write it on my wall. There you go. No I won't because I don't want to ruin my my pay, the paint don't, job on my wall.
0: Yeah, don't don't ruin your. It's wall. really
1: nice actually. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> Listen, you 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 I've I said it forget. and not only will you not forget, but we have a lot of listeners that will remind yeah. me of that. So um yeah. so yeah, just book it whenever I'm up there. I'm going gonna...
1: to take you to a really awesome um Ecuadorian restaurant okay so good jeff oh my gosh (laughs) okay and back to the depressing movie that we're talking about
0: (laughs) off of food
1: off of food um okay wait wait last thing last thing that i would change about the movie and i think that i'll bump this up to like you know forget the best thing um the people of color and then my the second thing i change is What the hell is the story with this unborn baby? Can somebody tell me if this is real? Is she really pregnant? I mean, I know that he says to his friend, like, oh, and I called her gynecologist. And the gynecologist, you know what he said to me? Congratulations. (laughs) And, like, I'm wondering, like, okay, like, but maybe that was a fake. Who knows? Like, because you just, she's such an unreliable person and unstable that you don't know, like, I don't know, maybe she lied and who the hell knows whose number she gave him, you know? And, yeah. But then again, like, she really might be pregnant. She keeps saying it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, is she that, like, would she really try to trap him as my friend Betsy would say? <laughs> like, you got to trap him, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, um, Because if so, then like how many times has he choked her out in this movie out of anger? Like, you don't do that to a pregnant lady, like, that makes him more despicable. And then, like, when they kill her, like, hello, you just killed two people. (laughs) Yeah, do you know if if she's pregnant, like, they killed her in self defense, but they also killed the baby, they could go to jail for that, right? I mean. They're white and wealthy and live in Bedford, so they probably wouldn't. But, you know, that is a possibility. Yeah. If it was you or I, Jeff. like,
0: I'd be Um, in jail. Under the jail. I'd
1: I'd be in jail on my way to death row. You know what I mean? But, (laughs) um, you know, would somebody just please make it clear if she's pregnant or not? Because it comes off like it's a ruse. And I don't know that it isn't. Because she just dies and no one and like no one mentions it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and that Adrian that part kind of bothered Adrian me too. Yeah. That, that bothered me because it's like okay, like I think that there are two ways that you can look at it. Obviously, you can say um, she was actually pregnant, and you know that's unfortunate when she passed away, but. The other, I think if it's, if it's a ruse, that almost weakens her character a little bit, in my opinion, because it's like, you know, why go to that, you know, to to that point? I mean, I, I get that she's trying to have Dan, but, or have, you know, have him involved in her life in some way, shape or form, but, you know, I... Yeah, I, I would have liked a little more explanation about that, and to know if that was a real thing or or whatever it was, because um, you know, it's just it's one of those deals where I feel like we needed a little more context and clarity for for that. I think it would have helped helped me at least, um, and it sounds like it would have helped you as well.
1: It would help me live the rest of my life in peace. No, I'm yeah. being serious. Though it would help, it would help me sleep at night to know if if that was for reals or not. And by the way, my kid just jump scared me, so that's why you heard me going. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He didn't mean to, but I have my headphones on and everything, and they listen to you talk, and all of a sudden, I <laughs> I thought it I heard something up behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ah! okay. Um. All right, so. You know, I think we've, you know, beaten this one, you know, down into the ground. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I did have one other question for you though. Go. So obviously, and I I've I actually talked to someone A while back, I mean, it's been a few years and we actually, we were talking about this movie because of a real life situation dealing with someone that we knew. Um, And it obviously, it was not at this level. So I don't want anybody to get alarmed. Was not at this level. But we were talking about this and he said, yeah, man, um, just crazy women. And I was like, wait, stop the dude had just as much responsibility in this as she did. So it's not about a woman, you know, or a man thing. They, they're both adults. They had equal parts in this. And if he led her on and there were feelings there, and then all of a sudden he pulled the rug from underneath her, then I understand that she's upset. So, what do you say to people who have watched this movie and kind of painted Alex as a complete villain? Which I mean, I'm, she's she did a lot of bad stuff, but what do you say to people that only put the onus on her as opposed to Dan?
1: I, I used, I've had that conversation, and um, I usually have a lot to say, and by the time I'm done, the person's like, "Never mind," or "Okay." I see the point. You know,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: first thing I the first thing I say is that um, not I don't I don't like the whole like you made your bed lie in it. You know what I mean? But I do say like, you know, just just like she didn't know him that well, and and it's and it's you know unbalanced of her to say like I love you and she's only known him for two days. He also like he, you know he he. T- he jeopardized his entire marriage and his family and his life by sleeping with and going out with someone that he didn't know at all. And that is, you have to take responsibility for that. You just put everyone that you love the most in jeopardy for a good time with someone you don't know. Because as, as you and I discussed, and this is something that I, you know, I'm not going to go over again, but, um, Something that I would discuss then, you know, um, at length is that you just don't know what's going on with someone, you know, psychologically, mentally, emotionally. Right. So you don't know where they're at. They may come across. She comes across as extremely vivacious and vibrant. She's she's a successful. She's an editor at a big New York City um, publishing company. She's competent. She's bright. You know, she she's like a hip, a hip lady she lives in a hip you know neighborhood she's she's awesome and but you don't know her demons and you don't know her weaknesses so you just put your your whole you know your whole life on the line in a sense to go out and like get your rocks off with someone that you don't even know so what does that say about your mental stability not much um and then To boot, I just would say that it's a very anti-feminist. It's a very misogynistic thing. Even if she didn't, whether she did or does or doesn't take actions that she does in the film, um, you can't expect that someone is going to just be okay with enjoying time together. And then, like she said, being thrown away in the garbage like she's just a, you know, word that rhymes with more. Um, Does he deserve to be harassed? Um, I don't know that he deserves it, but I I definitely think he, he took, he played the wild card and he welcomed anything into his life for whatever needs he needed to be met. Um, and I don't think that she's just a villain. I think she's someone who has a lot of, um, mental health issues. And I think that's made so super clear that if you didn't catch that, maybe you need to get your head checked seriously, because it's so obvious. I mean, I, I, uh, I may be a little bit more, uh, in tuned and, um, knowledgeable about these things, but it doesn't take a genius to see what's going on. And I think that she's such a nuanced character. I don't, I I just wouldn't understand or respect anyone who says she's just a one note villain, you know?
0: Yeah. There's so so many layers.
1: There's so much to her. Um, And that's a testament to, I think that's, I, I think that, you know, I know she didn't write the character, but I think that that's a real Testament directly to Glenn Close. So Glenn Close, cheers to you.
0: you
1: you get a you get a a hand clap and my undying respect for this portrayal because the other characters aren't written so great you know it's a very like (laughs) it's a very like lightish movie on the other characters so she really brought the weight and she brought the pain down on this character so um yeah i would probably just tell them they're being misogynistic that's that's my thought you know there's responsibility there's lots of responsibility in the situation to go around especially if she is pregnant forget it that brings it to a whole nother level
0: yeah like this, like I said this movie for me was just I mean this is this is real horror and
1: mm-hmm.
0: being someone that has had a stalker in the past
1: Did you trust? Uh, you always drop these awesome things that i want to know about and i know our audience wants to know more about at the uh, end no.
0: at the end um no, yeah let's just let's you, just want yeah i mean i i don't mind um i don't mind talking about it but let's just say that this person um was very immature we were we were in college and this person was very immature and um you know at first <sighs> Let me, let me think at first, one of her friends had mentioned that they liked me and, you know, and I was, you know, she was cute, so whatever. And then what I ended up finding out was the one that said she liked me actually didn't like me like that. It was her friend who ended up being the stalker. Um, I could write a, I could write a movie about this because this is crazy. Um, So you know, I find that out and that kind of weirded me out because it's like, why not just, I mean, it's not like, I'm some celebrity or somebody that's like, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I'm just a regular dude. So, I mean, just approach me. I'm, I'm not some, you know, shallow guy. So, um, so like we talked for a little bit and we hung out and I mean, nothing ever happened or anything like that. But, um, And then things just kind of fizzled out and it's like, okay. So then after my mom passed away, she kind of came back into the picture and I was not in a place to deal with any of that garbage at that point. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure what happened was she like played this game with me where she called me and hung up and, you know, called my dorm room or something, and hung up. And finally, I I probably just went off on her, and it's like I don't have time for your childish games. I probably said a lot of colorful stuff, and like leave me alone. And that just gave her the fuel to keep going. So fast oh, forward, fast forward, um, probably about I don't know six or seven years. She comes back into the picture, and at that point, it was kind of like, okay, she was immature. We can be friends. We can talk, whatever. So we started talking, and she started doing this crazy stuff again.
1: No. And
0: yeah, and then it's like, okay, now I'm done. Well, one night I'm at my house, and it's like midnight, and I hear a knock at the door. Like I'm, I'm hearing you know, knocking at the door and I'm asleep on the couch and I'm like, I don't know who this is. I, you know, whatever. She sends two of her friends to my house to say, you need to talk to her. She's out in the car. Yeah. And I was like, if you guys do not leave, we're going to have some problems. (laughs) Like, we're gonna have sick, <laughs> yeah, like we're going to have some problems. Like I, I haven't gotten into a fight in a while, but I, I'm still good with these hands. You can catch these hands any day. So I'm just saying, like, you don't don't tempt me. So, you know, they end up leaving, but she keeps on. She keeps on. And uh, so the end of this story ends with. I was driving home from work one night and. I don't know why I decided to look in my rearview mirror, but I just looked in my rearview mirror and I was like, "Man, that car's been following me for a while." So I like turned off on this road, and it turned off with me. And I'm like, "Okay, this is weird." So then I turn off on another road, and it this car followed, you know, turned off again. So I'm going like I've I've gone an hour out of my way.
1: Oh my goodness! Going
0: towards my house. And this car is following me. So I got the idea that what I'm going to do is while I'm driving, I'm going to call the police. So that's what I did. I called the police and I said, listen, I'm on this road. I'm driving this kind of vehicle. This person's driving this kind of vehicle. And when you see us, you know, I'm just going to pull off to the, you know, to the side of the road. So that's what I did. The cops came and, um, the, the police officer made a really, really stupid and insensitive comment. Um, like, well, you know, you can't make love to everybody, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta, and I was like, wait, this is not that type of situation. So don't assume that me and her did anything because we didn't, we never did. So, um, she's just crazy. Like that, like that person, that particular person was crazy. Um, um, Because she couldn't take a hint and it wasn't like it'd be different. I I wouldn't call I don't call anybody crazy because everybody has different things that they deal with. Mm -hmm. But her thing was she liked to play games with people. This is something that she did all the time to the point where she faked her own suicide.
1: That's disturbing. Yes, that's extremely disturbing. Good lord! And she was following you. Yes. Did, did did she keep going? Like when you pulled over, or did she stop also for the cop?
0: Oh, she stopped also.
1: And what did she have to say for herself?
0: She said, "Oh, I was just following him home to make sure he got home okay."
1: All right. Ugh. And see, what you know what though, this brings up a point that we forgot to make about stalking. And we'll come back to it. You know, I know it's longish episode here. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Um, police often, and I'm not condemning police, you know, because not all police do this, but most of the times, uh, nine times out of ten, victims of stalking report that they have gone to the police to no avail. Yeah. With silly comments like that guy made to you. Yeah. totally that's totally totally common that happens to victims of stalking and i'll, I'll leave it at that because i know we are running kind of on a long episode right now yeah. but um wow i'm sorry that that happened to you jeff yeah that I, is that is nuts that's a, that insane. must be extremely uncomfortable and and weirded out kind of feeling to go along with that
0: yeah yeah it was it was scary i mean Again, it's not like I led her on. Um, I at one point I did like her until mm-hmm. she revealed wh- who and what she really was, and at that point I was like, "Okay, I'm out." And she just couldn't take the hint. So
1: you were like, "You're cute, I like you." She was like, "Great, thanks, uh, Jeff. I am about You know, like, yeah. like "Okay, yeah. never mind." Um, be walking this way while you walk that way. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah
0: wish you the best
1: <laughs> wish you the best um one time this car was fought this car full of guys was fine fo- this is dumb don't anybody ever do this i was young and road rageful and you know made a really bad choice but thankfully everything worked out i'm still here and everything's fine um this i was with um one of my friends and we were just driving you know just regular night summertime driving around not doing anything not calling attention i'd wasn't driving a fancy car so it's not like you know uh, flashiness and this car full of boys were following us but to the point where it was really starting to get really disturbing you know and <laughs> instead of getting scared <laughs> I got really pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) I got really, really angry. And I was like, I've had enough. And I just pulled the car over. And we were on a main road. So it was was fine. There's lots of cars going by. I got out of the car and walked to their car and like beat on their window. Like I did one of those. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what the hell do you think you're doing?
0: You were bold. That was bold.
1: Yeah, I was bold. I was pissed. And um, wow. And then, and then they, um, the guy wouldn't open the window, and it was a car full of teenage boys. They're probably like the same age we were. I don't know how old we were. We we're like nineteen or something, you know. And they drove away. I was like, "That's right. You better leave." Them. <laughs> you know, like at that point, like people had cell phones, but like. Not everybody did. And if you did, it was usually like one of those huge clunky, like clunky monkey cell phones, you know, so I don't even know if I had a cell phone with me or at all. But I was so I was so angry. (laughs) Anyway, Wow crazy fun times and then when i remember and i told my family about what happened they all oh my god they all jumped on my case they were so mad at me they were like you never do that you don't know what could have happened i was like i was on the main road and then of course the you know the whole like they could have had a gun like argument came up and i was like all right all right so yeah so nobody ever do that but it was pretty funny (laughs) it was definitely a beatrix kiddo moment (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah well uh if we left anything out of our chat about fatal attraction i want to apologize and i'm i'm serious about this because this movie um personally means a lot to me um i've never been stalked thank god i all you know all joking aside thank god but i feel like it's a really important movie in the lexicon of movies about uh, mental illness so um, yeah. If we left anything out, I'm sure we'll we'll drop it into our, our next week's episode. But now it's time for some ratings because ratings don't really matter, but they are fun to do. So, <laughs> Jeff, yes. how many headstones out of five headstones would you give our Fatal Attraction?
0: Oh, man, I'm, str- I'm struggling with this. Uh Again, I, I know every week that you're going to ask me this question and every week I'm not prepared for it. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half out of five. The only reason I'm not giving it a five
1: mm-hmm. is
0: because um, you know what? No. No. I'm going to give it a five. I'm gonna give it a five. <laughs> um, I was I was hung up on the whole thing with Ellen, which I know is a weird sticking no, point.
1: No, that's not a weird um, sticking point. That that was too but, much.
0: Yeah, I mean that was for me. That was like it was it was like okay. I mean this is a, a six year old girl, and you know she has this rabbit that she's been dreaming of having, and you know, that was very messed up. So, um, but no, I'll, I'll give it a five because honestly, from a realism standpoint, this is a terrifying movie because again, we never know what a person's psyche is and what their mental state is. So, I mean, we can, we can be talking to someone one day and things seem fine in the next day something tragic can happen, and we just can't see that coming, so um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a five. I'll give it a five.
1: Alright. And uh, would you get any part of this movie tattooed on your arm?
0: Now that is going to be a no for me. Okay. Um, because honestly, I don't know what I'd get. Um, and I'd be terrified. not only because of the movie, but, um, because of my situation, um, my personal experience with this. So, um, so yeah, I, I would not get any ink of fatal attraction, but I do, I do really, um, think it's an amazing movie. It's a classic. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I see why you, why you love it so much. Same, same questions to you, my friend.
1: Thank you, by the way. Um, I would give it a five um, because I can look at it through the lens of its time period. So I can I can say like, you know, is it gross that there are no people of color? Yes, 100%. Um, am I forgiving that? No, but I can also look at it like, you know, you can watch like Mel Brooks movies, you know what I mean? And still think they're funny even though they're like, you know, extremely problematic. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a five. Again, I just think that Glenn Close brought the house down. Um, uh, Michael Douglas did a really good job too, I think. And um, the atmosphere, the tension, the music, all of it was done really well, I think. So um, cheers to the whole movie. And in terms of ink, I if you had asked me like a like a year or two ago, I would have said yes and I would have gotten a tattoo of Alex Forrest. Um I was way more sympathetic to her um in the past, um, even defending her um unsavory behavior and her stalking, which I didn't ever think of as stalking before, but it is stalking. Um but I don't know, just, I I don't know, I guess just some things changed, you know, um, I don't know if it's the medication that I'm on that has changed some of like my viewpoints on things that are, some things are still, I have some far out theories, but some things have kind of, you know, um, circled back to a a realm of where logic kind of takes over. Um, and I don't, I I don't like, uh, I don't sympathize with her or empathize with her that much. I just feel that she is nuanced and has a lot of mental illness that, you know, um, isn't explicitly talked about in the film, but is definitely shown in the film. Um, so I would have to say no, I don't, I don't think I would. This is a a, a really dark movie a wonderful movie that I, I still love and I still hold up, but no ink. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I will say something and maybe I'll ask you this as our last, our last question. Um, with, you know, all the, the dark stuff aside, are there any characters that you would hang out with in this movie? Like the friends of you know, like the couple friends, or the lieutenant, or Michael Douglas, or Glenn Close, or um, Ellen. <sighs> you know, like
0: that is a really good question. Yeah. Um, I thought the one friend the the guy was pretty funny. Uh huh. Um, he seemed like a little bit of fun to hang out with. Um, Dan though, I probably would have just punched him. In the in the face, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, probably the friend, um, because you know, big guys gotta gotta hang out. We gotta
1: stay together together and
0: pack. So yeah, so yeah.
1: I hear you. (laughs) What about you? The friend was goofy. You know, there were times where he was like sleazy, but he was he was being funny, which is awesome. I like people who can like who have that like. Sent, who have that level of energy and like and funniness and like keep it up you know what i mean like ramp yeah. up even um i would have hung out with alex like um at that sushi you know book party book release party that where, where they met for the first time and i would have hung out with her like i would have loved to have like met up with her at that latin music club and like gone dancing with her you know, that's, she seemed like a lot of fun, like yeah. so much fun. Um, And it's funny as, as I was watching the movie in preparation for, for our, our podcast, I was, I found myself saying like, could I be friends with Alex? Like, she's so cool. Like she lives in such a cool, like you have to understand, like the meatpacking district where she lives in the, in the film, totally different now. It's completely, completely different. It does not look like that anymore. Um And it just she's just like, you know, a, a really cool chick. Um, I think it probably would be OK since I wasn't since I'm not a guy, you know, so she wouldn't necessarily get hung up on me. But then again, you know, a friendship with someone who is so emotionally unstable is probably not a good idea either. But in those scenes, I would have hung out. I would have wanted to hang out with her. She seemed really cool. Yeah. And yes, I probably, uh, I don't know if I would have punched Dan in the face, but I definitely would have stuck out my foot to trip him as he was leaving.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would have just mistakenly like tried to put on my coat and punched him in the face that way.
1: <laughs> you could have punched him in the face and be like, whoops, thought you're somebody oh,
0: else. Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry,
1: I, thought you were to- I totally thought you were someone else.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I Yeah, I thought I saw a bug on your face and you know, normally I... <laughs> <laughs> Instead of swatting bugs, I punch them. So I'm I'm sorry. That's I know that's just a weird habit I have. i my bad, man. Sorry for that black eye. <laughs>
1: that's funny. Uh, so yeah, so this has been a longer than usual episode of movies to be Murdered by, but uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Um, again, kicking off September. If you guys have any questions or requests about anything, um, get at us at movies to be murdered by podcast on Instagram Uh, movies to be murdered by at gmail.com. I can never remember the Twitter. It's M T B M B Mm -hmm. Uh, Podcast. podcast podcast. And yeah, we love you guys. We thank you so much for listening to us uh, again and again. We hope you come back. We hope you tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend, and yes. then you guys can Please listen. And then, and then you guys can talk about it. And then you guys can write to us on Instagram because that's where I live.
0: <laughs> Please do.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna get back to my favorite stalker song, one way or another, by Blondie, and. Start my little private dance party here in my studio, Jeff. What are you going to be doing?
0: Um, not not having fun. I'm going to be writing some articles tonight. So, yeah.
1: All right, cool. <laughs> so, so
0: this was the highlight of my week and, and my uh and my day. So. Yeah. Same
1: here. La, la, la. Gonna get you. I'll get you. Get you. Get you. Get you. All right, guys. We'll get you next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.